0: Cool. All right. So I am here with uh, Ryan Cooney. Now, Ryan and I go, we go back a ways, I guess, right? We, we have kind it. of a, <clears throat> a, uh, a history. I, I think we dropped the ball on your candidacy last uh, election. We had a lot of things going on, missed your message or didn't respond to you. And, um, you know, we, we've kind of had a, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say a love-hate relationship, but we've had a kind of a conflicted relationship, I guess you could say. And uh, Ryan, you, ha, you have uh, you you've held my feet to the fire numerous times on different things. Uh, you seem to be convinced that we have some substantial disagreements in certain areas. But, you know, I think we'd both agree that we largely agree on a lot of things. And I think you've said that. Um, and quite often, we're most critical of the people that are closest to us. You know, if there's one thing that's true of libertarians, it's, uh, you know, there, there's a joke in libertarian circles that, Uh, The people we hate more than liberals and conservatives are other libertarians. And, uh, you know, there's a bit of truth to that. We're, we're probably most critical of those that are closest to us. And I think that's fair because we, we are challenging each other. So I want to see where we disagree. Uh, I want to see what our disagreements are, if there are any and uh, explore that. And, you know, ultimately I've been wrong about so many things in my life. You know, I used to be an evangelical Christian and a statist and maybe a bit of a progressive and then a concern, you know, I've been all over the map and I have, uh, you know it was it was largely ayn rand and objectivism i think that saved me from uh just kind of uh, uh emotionalism or or something like that right or or you know uh, and a, and a big epiphany for me was and you know it, it, this happened probably in my late 20s was the realization that almost everything i believed about the world my entire worldview, was put there by other people i i like to think of myself as a smart guy at that point and it was very unsettling to realize that I had, hadn't arrived at any of my positions about the world or my worldview uh, through any kind of thought on my own or through any kind of reasoning from first principles. It was all put there by my culture, by my family, by other people telling me things and me believing them. Uh, so that was unsettling because I felt like I had been lied to. It was also unsettling because I felt like I was a smart guy. And sometimes us smart guys can uh, fool ourselves the, the hardest, right? Um, so, uh, so I don't want that to happen again. And so to me, I I entered to this conversation genuinely, um, as a, as a truth seeker, you know, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to have the wrong position. And if there's a way I can tighten up my thinking or clear my thinking, I I think that's valuable. And so, so I, I welcome you onto the podcast and onto this interview and I look forward to our conversation.
1: Yeah. Excellent.
0: Cool. So yeah yeah so that this is your opportunity um you know maybe would it would it be helpful to kind of lay out uh your perspective or your worldview and um we can go from there i i under like you're an objectivist, but I think you you mentioned on a post that you're not really a Randian, like you differ with Rand on a few ideas or something no, like that
1: no, 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 no or or no is strictly the fact that Randian is basically just an insult.
0: oh, I see, okay
1: the whole point of the full well in the way i do my backstory i guess is doing basically exactly what you did where it was skipping from like being raised religious and like socialist and you know like having all of these oh i'm so smart let's know my arguments only to find out i wasn't really arguing anything uh it was just other people's words and so then i started with uh what i was learning in or had learned in university with like philosophy started with Rene Descartes, and just went like, okay, let's start with, let's pretend nothing exists, you know, like just start from the very basics. Um, And as I started building something up, I instantly diverged from him and started following this path of reality. And what I started making was the philosophy of objectivism. And when I looked Mm. this up to be like, Oh, did anyone else do this yet? I discovered Ayn Rand. I already knew about her so probably a little bit circular that like I just more or less came back around to her Mm -hmm. Um, but she wasn't anyone I read it was just I played Bioshock heard Bioshock was based on her well then I like Bioshock I like her but then I dropped it for years then kind of made started making my own philosophy which became objectivism and was like oh uh, did anyone else already do this yes she did and it was like oh thank god I don't have to write 30 books.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Because I don't think I could ever have gotten anywhere close to what she did. I just got to like the the base level, and it was like, oh, someone else, someone else has already hit this. Right. And so it's like I don't consider myself a Randian because I don't. Okay. I didn't follow Ayn Rand. I don't care what she does in her life. I don't care what right. she did or how she died or how she lived. The philosophy is all I care about, which is based on right, objective right. reality, based on objects in reality.
0: Right. Right. Perfect. Existence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're an objectivist and it's, the uh, that, uh, Randian is a, a slight or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, and, and, uh, I, <laughs> I agree with, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't trying to be insulting or anything like yeah. that. If I, if yeah, I, I use that term and, and I, I totally sympathize with that perspective because, um, you know, philosophy isn't about following us, particular person or, or some kind of uh, leader or cult leader or something like that. It's about uh, reasoning through things from first principles and, and um, yeah. Okay. So, so for, for our listeners and maybe for myself as well, um, just kind of can you, can you hit the Coles notes version of objectivism uh, for us?
1: Uh, man is an animal who has senses and senses reality. The only other thing he has would be emotions, and you can't, the emotions come after the senses, so you can't really pull any facts from emotion, so you have to start with your senses, you just look out, what exists exists, it doesn't really matter if you want to call it a hologram, or living in the matrix, or anything like that, A is A, what we see is what we see, and like, when we get into the special sciences, we can discover that stuff, but at the base level of a child, you're just taking in sensory information then your brain starts connecting these sensory connections, which gives you perceptions, which like every animal has. Mm -hmm. And the one step from humans that differs from animals is going from percepts to concepts, taking a turning something from an entity into a unit. So instead of just having like, I just made a video on this the other day, instead of having like, my dog, dog sees five sticks when I present, you know, like, just break off some branches and present some sticks to her. She sees five different sticks. Whereas a human being can grab any one of them and say, A stick. It represents right. all of them. And then that's just the unit. And when you then think about like, okay, this stick represents all sticks minus the fact that some sticks might have more leaves on it or more branches or different species of stick from a different tree. Right. And that's the concept part. That's the concept formation. And animals can't make a unit, so they can't make a concept. So then from there, human beings have to use that concept formation to build a method of not getting it wrong, because we're not infallible. So just by looking out and seeing things, we can get things wrong. So then we need to make a system based on concepts called logic, which gets us from place to place. And then as we build higher and higher abstractions, we build philosophies, which kind of just lay out how we should live in a, the simplest way, and objectivism just tells you how to live
0: right and and so um, so so what are the consequences of that when when you get, then get into how to live so what does objectivism say about how to live
1: what it, what it really says is that you have to use your reason and then you mm-hmm. have to apply that properly because the difference between like man and animal is just that small abstraction gap. And most people, like, it's not a passive system doing, like, concept formation, like, doing philosophy, doing higher-level mathematics. It's not a passive state. You right. have to actively engage in it, and you have to actively engage in it in a proper way, or else you just fall off the rail somewhere. And so, like, the, one of the big issues with the differences in different philosophies is... Uh, where they, what they believe metaphysically, what they believe epistemologically, and that all comes down to this: how much they're applying reason. And so it's like if you apply reason, you can find out your values, and then following a hierarchy of knowledge and hierarchy of values, you can put your higher level values first, and then you know the other ones lower, so that you're never sacrificing something bigger for something lesser. Right. And then, Ultimately, you're just trying to pursue the happiness of your own life.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: But in a uh, rational way, not just some whim-worshipping way where gambling feels good, so you can keep doing it kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Hedonism, um, you know, is it may give you some short-term gratification, but it's at the expense of of something long-term. So if your, your higher order value is uh, a, a flourishing life or something like that, or, or um success or you know however you define it then obviously you know if you you know might feel good to take that hit of heroin you might feel good in the moment but it, you're sacrificing your higher order value which is a flourishing life or something like that um, or a healthy life uh, for the expense of momentary gratification or something would that would that be fair to say
1: yeah absolutely yeah right
0: so so objectivism then it's not really um prescriptive in, in that, you know, here are the steps you need to take from moment to moment in your life. It's more like uh, creating a framework of, of how, to, how to, to decide how to act um, in life, right? It's like referring to these principles and these values and then making a decision uh, based on your reasoning through those based on the context you're in in the moment. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, because what, what kind of philosophy philosophy of individuality would work if you were just telling people how to act collectively.
0: Right. You know, right.
1: It's not a it wouldn't be a very good individualistic philosophy if it was like this is what you need to do. Right, um, right. This time of day.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it it's a pet peeve of yours, but I always see people say, We need to do this and we need to do that. And what they usually mean is uh people other than me yeah. need to do this. And yeah. and so, you know, they're 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 kind of um Trying to impose a philosophy, project a philosophy onto others that they don't apply to themselves, or something like that. But um, okay, so so it's all about setting up kind of uh, a hierarchy of values, uh, not sacrificing your higher level values for your lower level values, or something like that. Now, what? How does that? How do we get from that to um, politics? What do we? What does objectivism have to say then about the political?
1: Well, politics requires ethics. It's a it builds on the ethics, and so the ethics needs to build or come from your metaphysics and your epistemology. And the uh, the ethics, I think, is more important than the politics. It's like it's sure. like Ayn Rand says: like she's not an advocate for capitalism. She's an advocate more for egoism, and she's not an advocate for egoism. She's an advocate for the supremacy of reason. It's, you are an animal, A is A, you are what you are, and the way you think is this epistemological way. And that is that you're a living creature that needs to survive. So, your the morality, like, uh, I've had a discussion with this, on this with a few people, where they don't believe morality exists without other people. Mm. Whereas objectivism says morality basically almost ex- can exclusively exists individuality or like based on your individuality so it doesn't matter if you're on a desert island by yourself you still have morals to uphold and those right that case would just be like surviving you know to get off this island right like that you have to do things in a proper order and that proper order is what is like doing something that is morally right for you Mm-hmm. And then, so the politics take that one step and says, if we're if we if we want everyone's ethics to be like that, then we need to set up a system where everyone uh, has a has those rights that they naturally do on an island, trying to survive by themselves. But so that everyone has it, and that no one's interfering with other people's rights. And so it's it's not uh, the other thing is most people say that rights are just a negative. That it's you can't do something to me, but it's also it's a positive like affirmation of your life. Your a right is a positive for you and a negative for your neighbor.
0: Mm, and that's a good that, way of looking.
1: That right, tra- the right takes you from ethics to politics.
0: Right. Yeah, and so
1: we can't have
0: a a government that um, that imposes, say, positive rights on us or something like that, or at least violates our our own positive rights, I guess it would be a way of phrasing it, maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, or put another way, other people shouldn't uh, violate. And I guess this is where Rand's concept of the non-initiation of force kind of comes in, right? Because if someone is forcing themselves on us or trying to impose their will on us through force, um, that is interfering with my ability to express my life the way I want to, or to do the kinds of things I want to do that, that are moral, that provide value to my life and allow me to flourish or something.
1: It's a destruction of your production, which is a destruction of your mind. If you, if you can't properly produce, then you can't properly think or you mm. wouldn't want to. Mm,
0: okay. So I think, I think I am with you so far, right? where, where do you think we disagree then? Or where do you think our disagreements are?
1: Uh I think honestly it is uh for most ANCAPs and I like I don't mean to come across offensive here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on something like that will sound like that. Um, that most like ANCAPs or, and libertarians they don't seem to be able to or want to follow a long abstract chain of thought. And like I've actually I've pulled an example from one of your videos of uh, the uh, clear language destroys the matrix Where you say that the government doesn't exist It's an abstract concept. There's no thing called the government that you can point to And so then you go on to say that like but you can point to a group of people that call themselves the government in that sense You're being very concrete and you're not thinking about the uh, the fact that a government does exist, and our higher-level abstractions come from low, lower-level concrete, like, real things, mm. that the government is something that we are inventing in order to hold our ethics in place, and it's, that abstract thing is a real thing, and it's like, yeah, we might not be able to point to it, but you dismissing it is kind of dismissing how human beings exist, it's dismissing how we think. And that we need to have abstract concepts like government, or maybe in other forms of higher abstractions that guide us. And if you just think of only things you can point to, then we never really get too far.
0: Hmm. Okay. I I think I. Uh, so so what what would you say is so the the the, the example that comes to mind then is. Um, you know, what I said there might be akin to saying, well, there, there's no forest. There's just a bunch of trees that are sitting there or something. But clearly, obviously, there, there's we can have an abstraction called a forest. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that abstraction. There is a forest. Now, you might it might be difficult to define what when, when a group of trees becomes a forest and when it's not a forest or something like that. Like there's probably a continuum problem there at some point that that uh you know one tree two trees three trees four trees like at some point it becomes a forest probably not at two trees probably not at three trees but at a certain number of trees we could probably say it's a forest and and for me to say well forests don't exist would probably be uh wrong and and I think I would agree with that so so I might agree with you there and um but I'm not uh, you know I, I, it is you're right there there is something blocked. there's some cognitive dissonance there when we get to something like government so you know the way i've phrased it like that video was pretty old and the way i've yeah. phrased it since then or, or thought about it since then is yes government exists i mean there's a group of clearly identifiable people and bureaucracies and organizational structures that we can call government um maybe the state is an invalid concept in that um, the state seems to be akin to a non-corporeal entity like God or something like that, that we project, uh, you, you know, the state, the state gives us, gives those in government's rights, for example, that you and I don't have, like you and I can't tax, you and I can't, Throw people in a cage for, you know, ingesting a substance or selling a substance. Um, so, so the gov, people in government seem to derive their rights from this this abstraction or this non corporeal concept or entity called the state. And I, I guess that is where um, where my disconnect comes in. But so you would say maybe well, but- that the state exists or that it's unreasonable. Well, reasonable uh, in,
1: in that regard i would say a if we were just like in a jungle and some are like on a small city or something and there was no police force and someone was being violent like that it very well is the right of those people to throw that person in a cage sure um, and unless, yeah. so that that is that is a right we actually do have it's it's self-defense and the whole purpose of government then mm-hmm. would be well for how long do we throw them in that cage and how do we justify until so you need those objective laws in order to set up right. a system but that for right. defense reasons no we can't throw that guy in the cage but you
0: but you then, but, you, but side, you are boy, sorry i just i just, just, I just want, to, want to, to the other, side, oh, of that, oh, okay, the other side
1: being that like that the government using taxation like that we can't steal people's money and call it taxation well technically neither can the government which is the objectivist point of view that just because they say that they can do that and they're using our rights for that, like, I agree with you 100%. They can't... If, if they're borrowing our rights in order to have a government, like, we give them our the government our rights, then taxation's not a thing. It's, it's clearly immoral. So in right. one case, no, like, we can throw someone in. Uh, or, like, if, you, if they broke into your house and you locked them into your panic room and called the cops, is that wrong? Right. You know, like, I think that's something you can... You can do on the other hand no you can't steal so the government can't steal and so that's right. kind of kind of a package deal where it's the government's yeah we're, we're we're using your rights but then they also invent a whole bunch of other ones like that we can steal your stuff and like sure. that's the problem with government
0: yeah and, and and i'd agree with you and you know uh that was my <laughs> kind of i guess uh pathway in objectivism was okay yeah that makes total sense like Government is an organization that we delegate our rights to. So, what rights do we have? Well, it's all the ones that you just said, right? We we don't have the right to impose our will on other people. We do have the right to protect ourselves. But, you know, if someone is violating that, we can throw them in a cage. Uh, you know, we can give them a timeout, and we can we can probably derive some objective uh, principles or rules about how that happens and and how long that should happen for, and and. And the the objective here being, I guess, that everyone has those rights, whatever we can, you know, it, we can't, it's not that a certain group of people can have rights where other people don't, or some individuals have rights that others don't know. We all have the same rights. And so the rights have to be universalizable and they have to be applied to everyone. Right. And And so I, so that was, for me, it made sense. Okay. Government. can have the rights we delegate that to we have the right to use protective force we can lock people in a cage in under certain circumstances if they're like a wild essentially acting like a wild animal and causing destruction and and initiating violence against people certainly we need to protect people and we can we can use protective force and protective force might be jailing them or something like that or locking them in a cage so so a, a government restricted to that is great but um I guess where where I started having issues, and maybe you can help me out here and see where I went wrong, is uh I don't have the right to uh to start a government unless maybe we have different definitions of government uh you know may, maybe we should start there maybe we, we you you could tell me what your definition of of government is and see because we, we need to be talking about the same thing, I guess if if we're going to have a discussion
1: yeah uh so. If, like, the going from ethics to politics require kind of like how going from uh, senses to percepts requires a unit, going from the ethics to the politics requires individual rights. Those rights are based on life. Like, man has one real right, the right to his life. And and so uh, from there, objectivism says, based on the individuality of it, that the proper beneficiary of man's rights hid the production of like all the things he produces should be his which gives a laissez-faire capitalist system where the government is just kind of they're given the right uh that the people actually have which is self-defense um and so that applies to like the army and the police and then like a an objective system of of like arbitration which is the courts
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: we don't ever have to have some sort of conflict or at least that when we do someone will handle it objectively and then the rest is a separation of church and state and economics and state and for the same reasons uh, but it's all based on man has a right to his life and anything including government can't take that from him. it's, it's inalienable it's something you can't actually take from the person right so even if you were to say you can you're you're just like Stalin saying no I can it he's rejecting reality so despite you know doing it it's still something that uh, is wrong in the actual objective sense and it's something that causes the people working under him to cease production
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think we agree that a government that is initiating violence on its citizens is uh, is immoral. It's unethical, and it's uh, it's illegitimate in a sense that it's it's essentially become a uh, uh, organized criminal organization at that point.
1: The real question is why is it immoral? And I say it's because it goes down to the fact that you, when you destroy production, you destroy man's mind. And, yes, and that, like called the, and that's the brain drain. You know, all of the scientists that came flooding into America in World War II, were, they, that was the, blame, the brain drain going on because those people, they needed to be able to, for their self-esteem, sure. for their egoism, needed to, to work. And those, that place wasn't allowing it. And so it, it, it just, it's immoral because it's not just, oh, it's bad because people get hurt. It's immoral because you, you can't even uphold your own system. It crashes after a few years right but it's okay like it's not just yep. concretely immoral it is it's abstractly immoral
0: mm, okay interesting okay I'm, I'm not sure exactly what to make of that that, that, that you uh, that I've never thought of it that way before I've always thought of it in terms of the individual right uh, that, that uh, you, you can't a, the violate government, the individual
1: set up for individuals than a government that eventually drains the brains and and makes everyone just hate living that like yeah. that abstract principle is real and it does come down to the individual effect like that's that's why thinking of government as like a real thing it's is important as a, sure. the abstract can be immoral and that goes right down to its to reality
0: right right well i i think i look at it at government's kind of like you know, I, I differentiate government and state in the way I differentiate church and God, right? Uh, the church exists, God doesn't, um, or, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's a way of getting to an abstraction called God in the Jordan Petersonian, you know, Jordan Peterson sense or something where he doesn't pin it down to a supernatural deity out there, but some like highest level abstraction about the mystery of the unknown or the, the, principles that bind everything together or something. I don't know. I, I you know, I have a hard time following him, but, yeah. you know, but certainly, okay. So, so, but, but let's get back to what government is, um, from an objectivist sense, you, you've kind of laid it out. It's, it's, uh, a, a night watchman kind of, Entity or something like that, right? That that simply protects the individual. That we delegate our our rights that we have. It doesn't have more rights than the individual in that sense. Would you, would that be fair to say? It doesn't have any yeah. extra rights or or
1: yeah. Like the way I like to think of it too is that it's the people like to separate the people in government and the people out of government. But an objectivist, a, like a true objectivist system, where people are free to engage in that, like the option of going to war is based on the actual people and not like just, just Congress and then sending people off to war, that, like, that each individual has, that they play a role. And so in kind of the way you see it, that like uh, whereas people should be able to have guns and be able to defend themselves, government can't step in, like those people would be part of, you know, that the, the, the military. and mm-hmm. you know, like the that you have an option to join in, a lot uh, well there's still you know medical stuff but that like the people want to defend themselves um, down to the like their ideological core right uh, I just I see it as uh, a lot more connected in that way whereas I think a lot of people they see uh, it's like we delegate our our rights and then we can't do anything anymore
0: Right, like right. The reason we delegate right. is
1: because we also want to engage in it.
0: Yes, yes. No, I, I completely so agree with that. And 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 and, and I, right. And I agree. And I you know I would much prefer uh, to live in a nation where people saw it almost as their as their duty to protect their uh, own rights to to be are not. I I know duty is probably a, a bad word. I'm I'm trying yeah. not to use duty or sacrifice here because I know. But I I use them in a different word. But but you feel a sense of, um, uh, you, you know, again, it, it comes down to, I need to do positive things to protect myself and in, or, and to have the life I want to live. Right. So whatever you would see as that, that motivation, to do those things, like I need to be highly motivated to do those things from, you know, based on reason, based on, um, you know, that A is A in my life and my reason are, are the way I, I flourish in society. I want people to be able to, or, or to express a high level of motivation, let's say, uh, to, to protect their rights and, and to be part of uh, a group of, a, a larger group of people that are doing that. Which is why I, I uh, you know, I, I kind of like some aspects the the Swiss system, right, where people um, uh, spend some time, um, you know, I guess contributing to the nation in, in a sense. But well, I, I, I the thing I don't like is that they're conscripted to it. But I would I would love to have a, a nation where people um, where, where people feel motivated to to serve and protect. Um, themselves by protecting the group or something like that. Um, so, so I completely agree there. I, I guess the, the thing that I have a hard time wrapping my brain around is, um, uh, I, I think maybe it's, it's a differentiation which what government is and it isn't, right? So, so let's imagine a, a, an island, for example, and, and a bunch of people shipwrecked on this
1: island. Sorry, just let my let my dog
0: in. She's trying uh, to uh, sniff through the door. No worries. Um, so let let's imagine an island where a bunch of people are shipwrecked. This becomes our new home, and there's obviously going to be conflict and people fighting over resources. We need this subjective framework of uh, ethics in order to, to get along peacefully. There's rivalrous resources. We need need a system to determine uh what I own, what you own for for um, for there to be peace on the island, we also need a way of arbitrating disputes and we need some objective uh, arbitrator of those disputes uh, we need to be able to protect ourselves so what how would government how would you see government forming in that situation? what would it look like? Would it be a democracy where where people say okay we we want this guy to be our leader and he's now the government or how, how would you see it working?
1: Uh, the way I see it is uh, if you approach it, like if, if we're saying these people are objectivists, right. Um, that the way you would properly think about it is like, there's certain resources, like, although I'd want the supply of gold, there's nothing I can do with it. And so personally myself, although it'd be nice to have a big pile of just, raw material gold i know for a fact that one of the other people on the island might be able to actually fashion it into something Mm -hmm. and that like so to me as an objectivist i would want to basically take my hands off the gold and say just because it's scarce doesn't mean i want it what i want is what it can be made from it and that, because i want to and what i want to produce uh you know might be something along like gathering coconuts or something and making different like fancy drinks for people on the island and so if i can do that then i'd be happy doing that and but i wouldn't want anyone uh then taking the coconut trees that i planted right right and because that's part of my production it's part of my survival and so if everyone had that kind of attitude where it's uh, the, we are producing for ourselves for our own good and the the system would come when we come together and meet like hey i got this uh you know coconut farm that i'm working on and one guy's like hey i'm smelting a bunch of gold and we all come together we can come up with an idea that like look we don't want to steal from each other mm-hmm. um and we don't want to you know just cause violence to each other so we need to set up a system that doesn't uh that like tells us that we all have to stay you know uh, out of each other's rights and that system then can only be built on uh, like the foundations of not violating rights Mm -hmm. and that government would just be you know one guy wants to patrol the island to make sure any you know newcomers don't come to rob us one guy works in the like on the island near the center as the police force to make sure that, like, if someone is stealing my coconuts, that here come and help me. And that, uh, then we have a court system to discuss, like, well, if the coconuts fall outside of my, the, you know, my fenced off area, you know, then are they, you know, my neighbors? And then have a court for that. Right. Whereas we don't, having a democracy or having a leader doesn't, like, the, the, it would just be a figurehead, really. Right. It would be the head of the military. Essentially. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Cool. So, so I, you know, I'm having. <laughs> I gotta admit, I'm having a hard time finding any any disagreement with you. We we have a group of objectivists who uh, who fall who who subscribe to objective ethics, um, understanding that uh, understanding a basis of property rights, understanding that there's a marketplace here and that we can trade, and that it's in our best interest to have peaceful, and that that it, it would be great if some people patrolled from you know there might be some criminals in our midst it would be you know so someone stands up and says you know I'm an expert at using force uh, uh, protectively and you know maybe we pay him uh, a sum of coconuts or something like that in exchange for his services to protect us from criminals or maybe foreign invaders that might land maybe there's a neighboring tribe of cannibals that are eyeing us up um, and he can protect us from that uh and and then we, you know, we're gonna have disputes every now and then uh because of miscommunications or whatever. Maybe we have different perceptions about what happened. We need a third party. So that's definitely a valuable system. But you know, what what I don't see here is necessarily a government. See, I would describe that system as an anarcho-capitalist system, not as a system of government, right? And you know, as an ANCAP, I I, I concede that you what you need is basically essentially a group of objectivists uh living in the same geographical area in order to have a system where you have uh where you have that objective morality and then you have people offering their services of uh, protection and adjudication and um and that sort of thing I I I guess I'm not if we call that government then I'm cool with that. I, I I don't see that as being anarchy in that there's a ruler imposing themselves on us. So I, I have to call that an anarchy or something like that.
1: Well, I, I guess that really depends on what you're actually defining. as, like you're using the like anarchy as like the no leader, right? No ruler, yeah. Yeah, no ruler, yeah. yeah. But like uh, epistemol or not epistemologically. Um, but but
0: but most people but conflate anarchy. Was-
1: it comes more from like order than it does mm. from just ruler okay so, like the no okay. greek ever said anarchy and right. so like when they did have when they were using the word like archy it wasn't about uh whether or not they should have no leader that something that never even popped up in their heads uh so it was like the, the i feel like that terms, it's one of those ones they just people have redefined the latin in order right. to like i saw one uh, actually, it was on one of your videos where a lot of people were commenting that like gov means to control and meant means mental And it's like no meant doesn't mean <laughs> mental, Right.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's
1: like same thing where it's like the "archy" doesn't mean ruler necessarily and If it did it's not the way that the word was intended And so like that right. anarchy to me I see is more well the way I see ANCAP is today's society between Canada America Mexico Europe, all of those countries, those are individual countries with their own different rules, working together, trading, sometimes going to war, sometimes not, and that, that our global politics is ANCAP. And then each individual country is their own mm.
0: uh,
1: different sector, Republican, Democratic, things like that. And mm, like, overall, I see the world as ANCAP. My right? Right, right. always talk about, like, In an ANCAP society, if one guy wants to be the police for like in our island, one guy wants to be the police, the other guy wants to be the police, he wants a set of rules that are like this, he wants a set of rules that are like that, we're just going to split the island in half. We're we're just going to be like, okay, well, let's just, if you come on this side, this rule applies, and that's just international politics. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a fair point, actually. I I never thought of it like that. Um, Yeah, now, now let's say on that island, you do have two people that both want to provide uh, policing or, or those protecting services, um, you know, but they, they basically, but, but they're both following the same objectivist rule set, right? See, so, so I would say if one person has a rule set where they're now violating individual rights, right? Um, we no longer have what could be called an an anarcho-capitalist island. We now have someone who's essentially, imposing their will maybe they they call themselves the government or the state and say and use propaganda and say you you need a leader that is controlling this and yes the you know I'm gonna have to have a few special rights that you guys don't have in order to make this happen uh, now now what we have is the government basically and that's what I don't want right I don't I, so so I think what we have here is maybe we're using terms differently um, yeah, because because I don't think you would disagree with me that if, if uh, two or three people popped up and wanted to be competitors in the market for protection, as long as they were not violating individual rights and, and as long as they were following the same objectivist rule set, there would be no problem with me paying money to one guy that I thought was better versus another guy who I thought wasn't quite as effective as this guy or something. Would that be fair?
1: Um, it's, there's kind of a package deal in there where it's like in the one, in one sense, i basically i have to agree with you because part of it's correct but the other part there's there's a package deal which isn't quite correct which is saying an objective republic we just call those individual places that pop up sheriffs but what they do is they follow the like the united states's republic laws and so like you can pop up a bunch of sheriff's offices anywhere you want really Mm. but um once you... Uh, yeah, I'm going to close the door
0: for
1: a second. Sure. sure. Like, so the, the sheriffs can pop up as their... Oh, you know, I just want to be uh, the protective force. But if he follows the, the objective law, then that's still, like, objective government. Whereas if he pops up and says, well, I want most of them, but I also want to enslave people. You right. know, like, that, that person is just, they're, well, treasonous, really. They're trying to start their own country. And yeah. Like, so in a, the ANCAP way, I also, and, like, but the package deal part was the, like, paying one guy versus the other. Part of the objective system is that separation of economics and government. And so, like, we do consider... The you know that sheriff government, whether or not you consider it government because it has a ruler or not, that objectively you right. define it. That's our government, just because it's never existed like that in any other format in the world in the history, doesn't mean right. that it's not a form of government. It is the objective form of government. It's ours. Um, right, right. And that separation of economics and uh, state would be that like you don't you don't want competition between the force. Hmm. Now you you're certainly and one of the things you can't do is to tax people because you can't steal. So it'd have to be by donation. But it this is part of this the idea of the uh, if you give people all of their rights, all of their individual rights, and like this is the one country that they have all of those rights, most people would donate because sure. they do want to see like the one of my I think one of the biggest things I find funny talking to uh, like socialists and stuff about taxation when talking about like in objectivism it's voluntary and they're like, well, who would pay for that? And like they get so mad that people aren't going to pay taxes. It's like, but you would pay taxes clearly. Look how you know, look how much you love them.
0: The majority <laughs> of
1: Canadians love taxes. If you just stop, if you just turn Canada into like a voluntary tax system, Canadians would still pay. They love taxes, like so. It's it doesn't yeah. really have much effect on the majority of people.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Although I, I, I would think, I think that a lot of uh, socialists, especially younger ones, probably don't pay taxes and probably just want to be provided for, and they, they oh, yeah. think that maybe the rich people are the reason that they're <laughs> they're poor. And <clears throat> if those rich people just gave them the money, then everything would be cool. But yeah, the,
1: yeah.
0: Um, okay, but so so I think we, like. Uh, so so you you would not so a guy pops up he he's a sheriff people pay him he's following objective law to protect but that uh, objectivism that there should be nothing in objectivism that says that i can't uh, offer competing services doing the same thing following the exact same law but just being better at it like i'm a, i'm just more expert at at applying protective force like this guy is uh you know a soy boy who is not going to be able to protect you from anything
1: i'm going to be better than him well, why can't that happen well the the problem would be competing governments but if it's if you're not competing like one of the things i don't have a problem with like security forces right the only thing that matters, really. Though. But 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 hold on. It's it sounds
0: to me like government to you is kind of an abstraction more than it, like that. What that sheriff, that initial sheriff, he's not the government. Uh, the the government is this abstraction that we all hold in our hearts and minds that says we all follow objective law. And and. But I, I would
1: say that he he is part of, at least a part of the government. That he I could point at him and say government.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, but th- th- there would be no, there should be nothing stopping me from, then from doing the same thing, though, right? I mean, what if, what like, would stop me from doing that? What what rights do people have to stop me from offering my services to protect them?
1: <laughs> well, the, the problem would be right there. The services it's not a service. Protecting rights is not a service. You're not providing people something that they don't already have and that they want. Protecting rights is just protecting rights. You're not providing anyone anything new. You're just upholding. The point of an objective is government is to uphold rights, not to provide them as a service. It's not okay. a permission. The okay, government- but but
0: but that, that, that initial sheriff, the only reason he's valuable to me, and the only reason I'm agreeing to pay him some coconuts is because... I think that he's going to be, he, he's he got an expert at using protective force and that he's going to be able to, you know, it's just the division of labor essentially. Like yeah. I'm good at, I want to spend all my day collecting coconuts. He wants to spend all his day patrolling and getting good at, at, you know, dealing with violent threats. And this is a load off my mind. I can focus on coconuts while he focuses on something else. And I just have to pay him a few coconuts. This works out well for me. Right. But to me, that, that is kind of a service then. Like I don't see it how how it could be different than a service. I mean, he's he's agreeing to protect me.
1: But well, what is he producing? The whole point is production. What is he producing?
0: Oh, okay. Well, oh, fair enough. He's. I, I guess you're right. He is. Uh, you might not be able to call it producing, like you know, uh, stopping a bad guy as producing anything. Um, but it's still it's protecting me so okay protecting me but i i can protect myself he can protect me i could get someone else to protect me as well though
1: right yeah you can just you could just as well hire some security force hire some bodyguards
0: right but how yeah. how how would, how would that not be the government then
1: it well, he can't the a security force can't uh act as the police like they don't uh just tackle people in you know at the mall and stuff it's they have to call the cops and they still have to follow the law like the you can and let's say another sheriff wants to pop up like the only part of, of voting that would like that you could have in that system would be voting for who's going to be in charge of the military. That'd be like your president who's going to be in charge of uh, things like Congress and like who's going to be your sheriff. Those are things you would vote on, but you can't vote on what laws they make or what rights you have. And so. It would be up to the people to decide the sheriff, and then like the part of that, like you need the difference between a police officer and a, a security officer is that we put one through special training to understand our laws, right? Mm. The the sheriff doesn't, or like the uh, security force doesn't need to do as much rigorous training as a policeman does. Right, uh, he needs to know all of the laws he needs to understand why but the security guy you just give him his you know his coat give him a flashlight and send him on his way tell him to call the cops if he sees anything Mm
0: -hmm, they're
1: they're not providing the same like one the security force is providing a service because they are physically sitting there watching your building you're paying them to stay there all night uh, to do something that you want done which if, they, if you didn't do that, like, pay them, and people were breaking in, then you'd have to do it. So for you, yeah, that, that you are paying someone to produce some value, which is just what. But the police don't just sit outside everyone's house every day. Uh, you have to bring them to you. Right. Right? And so it's and it, just those those small differences between them. But, like, <clears throat> all those groups still have to follow the law. And no one can come up and say, well, I'm a security force that doesn't want to follow the law that person would go to jail
0: right right yeah of course um, yeah I, I guess where, where I'm having trouble connecting or, or uh, figuring out is why someone else couldn't start a uh, competing police force right like maybe like go through understanding of the law all those kinds of things but just maybe they th- they think like the police police we have are are incompetent like they they understand the law but they they are too weak to enforce it um and and so i see a, a market opportunity here where people maybe will pay me the money that they're currently paying those other people to do the job in a better way than those people are I like,
1: say, yeah i'd say that that a that's not necessarily market but b that there's nothing wrong with that that is just running right. Election of like i want to be the new police chief that's and yeah, but what, what why would why would why would it
0: should it matter what people vote for like shouldn't it shouldn't matter what people pay for isn't that the thing that like uh, and, like like, like case, how is how say, is voting well oh, you're dude. paying you're paying for like you want you want people that understand objective law and that can enforce it, you know, because we need to do something with criminals that they need to be dealt with. Um, and we need to do something maybe with foreign invaders or something like that, that, that want to impose their will on us. And so I would happily pay for someone to, uh, to protect me from that, to protect, uphold my rights. And I just think that this, these people over here, this group of people is going to do a better job than that group of people. So I would rather pay them the money. And, and I don't really care how my neighbors vote or what their opinion is on the matter. Like, th- these are my rights we're talking about, so why should anyone else's opinion about this matter?
1: Well, it, it really just comes down to whether or not they are competing governments, really. Like, if, you, if you're just hiring a security force, or like a, a small little militia or something, but you're not going to war with your own country, yeah. then, Uh basically you've just hired bodyguards, right?
0: Well, how is that different than, than your conception of government, though?
1: Well, the government, like, has to follow just strictly that objective law, you know, and you call, when you call them, they have to come and help. But where your bodyguards, you, you're willing, like, you are willing to put that money in. I'm not. And so, right. and like, the, and homeless people can't. And so then if you have a system where it's strictly everyone needs to buy in, some people don't have their rights protected now we live in a society that's not holding up our moral ethics which defeats the point of a government the point of the government is to uphold everyone's individual rights then everyone needs to be able to be defended and so we right. need a system that will defend people regardless of whether if you pay them or not but if you're if you're someone who wants to pay for extra protection that's on you go ahead maybe even in that system you can you know donate and Get a few police just to come watch your house for a few hours, but ultimately it's you're you're just paying for their security You're not paying for police you, but, you... but 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 what
0: you're saying is I can't pay I'm, I'm Prohibited from paying for for a competing government even if it follows the same objective Law as the government that you're paying for
1: But How how is that even possible really? If they're not competing then are like then is it a different government you know what I I, I don't see how those two well things... I
0: I I mean you've got a sheriff or you've got a sheriff and his posse of men and and you know we're like oh yeah well, you know he's he fully understands objectivist law he's here to protect uh, everyone that pays for, and even people that aren't paying for him and and uh, that's great I, I happily pay for that but maybe he he isn't doing a great job anymore, and um, you know I I, I see a, an opportunity here to provide the same service, and you know I can get payment from you know some people agree to pay me, and I, I operate in exactly the same fashion as that sheriff and that group of men that we were calling government. Uh, th- there should be nothing prohibiting me from doing that. Yeah, right?
1: if as long as you're following the same laws and say right. maybe at at most like there's just. You got to go to Ottawa and sign a little thing that's saying, look, I'm setting up a police force, you know, here in town, you know, or just send them an email or something and like have some credentials at most. But I don't, if you're following all the laws, you're not competing. Then no, I don't like, I don't see a, much of a problem with that. But right. it's, the, okay. it's the fact that you're, that you'd still need to get it by donation. You'd still need to. Yeah. And people would still need, people would need to know, that you are government that you're not just some guy that's uh going to pretend to be government taking all those donations and then never do anything and so like you still you know there'd be the you know your obligations right yeah you you
0: have to you you have a contractual obligation right and um <clears throat> and obviously if you're not following through with it or if you've committed fraud then then you know Enforcement action can be taken against you. Um, right. And, or, oh, and people are just going to stop paying you. I mean, the, you know, this is the benefit I think of having, um, of not prohibiting competition in these realms is that, uh, you know, if, if you have a monopoly and, and, and the only way to get rid of that monopoly maybe is every four years we have a vote. Um, while that doesn't serve my my rights i mean if you're doing a crappy job of protecting my rights i should be able to um you know hire someone else that can do the same job that you're doing or do whatever it is that you're doing that we're calling government um from my perspective and again you're right like uh, that whatever that government is it has to be restrained to that which you or i could do like it it can't do more than that it can't so so i i think we're in agreement there um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the beautiful thing about, uh, about this too, is that like, there's what you could call free riders in the system, right? Like you generally, it would be the, what people that are wealthier that have a, a higher interest in paying for these, uh, for government, right? What we're calling government here in that they have the most to lose in a sense, but yeah. the people around them, benefit from that even if they're not paying because you know to do geographical defense and protect from criminals you have to patrol the area around those rich people as well i mean that this kind of reminds me of when kanye west during the wildfires last year hired a private fire department to protect his house but it's it also protected all his neighbors as well because in order to protect kanye's house they had to sprinkler all these other houses created a large buffer zone geographically to protect them from that. So it's kind of the same principle. So even though Kanye was paying for it and gladly paying for it, his, all his neighbors and less well-off people in the area benefited by having, uh, that protective force there. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. Well, I, I, I'm not sure we have, uh, huge disagreements everywhere here. Like, um, you know, I I certainly agree with it. like I I would never want to you know I, I'd, you know I, I wouldn't call what we have now in terms of the anarchy of nations where where there's no overarching one world government imposing its rule on all nations and so you know individual nations could be said to be in a state of anarchy. I I would not call that uh, an anarcho capitalist system because it doesn't have. Uh, essentially an objectivist rule set underlining those relationships and each of those, um, individuals. So let me ask you this. Um, the could, could it be said, you know, e- even if so let's imagine this Island where we have an objectivist rule set, everyone following that, but, but in certain homes, uh, it, would we what would we call a family or a a household um that is what's a proper way I guess maybe to be uh a father in an objectivist sense like if I'm uh how should I treat my children my wife like obviously I can't violate their individual rights if I do then I guess um this government has a right to to Protect the rights of of family members in that household, right? That that I'm uh, abusing or imposing my will on, but I, I guess so does everyone else. Um, I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that. I was trying to 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 draw a kind of a an analogy between a bunch of nations that are in a state of anarchy to each other and not following objectivist laws to what happens if you have maybe wrote like would a household be almost like an individual nation or mini collective in within this kind of objectivist framework or something. But again, there, um, yeah, anyways, I don't know where I was going with that.
1: Yeah. I'd say well, like, uh that not, not really just because that, they could be like a collective group, but that the point of objectivism is, you know, that you're doing things. And so actually it popped up earlier in our conversation where you're talking about, you said that like to protect yourself, but it's life is more than just protecting yourself from danger. It's about enjoying Mm -hmm. life. Like if you're, if your life is just about not suffering, that's not a good life. You want to actually flourish. Mm -hmm. And so like part of family is uh, a lot of, different philosophies like altruism say that it's a uh, you gotta sacrifice for your family and things like that but if you truly loved your family anything you do for them is not a sacrifice right uh, and so there's like objectively with when you're dealing with family it's it's something that you are doing for your benefit and that the uh you could actually tie this into like uh Intellectual property because I know you don't like intellectual property, but mm-hmm. that, like if I'm trying to build something and I'm not doing it with my hands. I'm not just selling chairs, but I'm selling you know uh, like a formula some sort of chemical that the the, uh, the product isn't something you can point to You know necessarily it's just an idea but that idea was made so that I could feed my family and if i'm if that's taken away from me and just anyone can have it, then what was the point of me ever thinking it in the first place uh it's part of my like I was trying to survive and just copying and pasting my work uh which takes that you know takes that away and so like part of your you know just existence is producing either mentally or physically in order for for you to survive as happy as you can most of the time that's in you know, helping out your family or your community or whatever collective you might like. But if you're sacrificing for that collective, then it's not really something you even like. Do you even actually enjoy it? You know, if right. you're actually you, if going to the movies with your wife is a sacrifice, are you really enjoying spending time with her at all? You know, so it's like part of life is not, it's not sacrificing and so to if you want to have a collective where it's just your friends or your family or your community that's fine but if uh there's part of that objectivism what i was talking about with like the whole nation and that, that that feeling rather than just you know passively all oh, give the government something to do that it's you're engaging entirely into it that like you want this government because it's the best thing for you and your family and you want your family this way because it's the best for you and your family. Uh, and I think that's like the point of objectivism is just human flourishing. Right. From from individual to family to government.
0: Right. What, what do you make of people who say that, um, uh, you know, I the best thing for me and my family is to have uh, an ethno nation or something like that, or, um, uh, you know, that, that make a lot out of, uh, race and culture, or something like that. Uh, uh, talk maybe a little bit about how that might accord with or conflict with objectivism.
1: It, it totally conflicts with it because it's it's one of the most, and it's one of the things that actually drives me nuts the most when, as a pet peeve, when people are talking about like Ayn Rand, one of the things that you hear things are like a, she's a Nazi sympathizer, that she was racist and stuff. She's got an entire like essay about how the, those are the most disgusting people in the world mm-hmm. because human the quality of a human being is being a rational animal it's not what color are you, and uh, anyone can produce value to your life and so just to exclude someone based on the color of their skin is to it, it it's harmful to you like you don't realize how much you you're actually. You are then sacrificing by making some sort of ethno-state. You're not; it's your culture's not right. the only thing that invents things. Right, that. right. So it's it's uh, I, 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 yeah.
0: I I I often point uh, ethno-nationalists to uh, First Nations, right? I, I, like, I <laughs> I have a friend uh, on a reserve around Fort McMurray, and and you know I, I noticed that like. Each member of the band gets a house based on how well they're behaving in the eyes of uh, the the chief or counsel of the band right so they get there and but they're they don't own the house. They're given it and they're not able to use it as uh, leverage to get an education or to sell it to someone. I said, wouldn't it be great if you guys were able to own like have private property rights here? Like, why aren't you guys fighting for this? Shouldn't you own your own home and be able to sell it and use it for your your own flourishing and better? And he's like, well, you know, the the danger there is that maybe someone would sell it to uh, a whitey or something like that. And then we would undermine our culture and our yeah so so i completely agree i mean the only way to to hold on to an ethno state is to undermine property rights and undermine individual flourishing because if i can't sell my property property to whoever whoever i damn well please um because they don't have the right blood quanta or the right genetic profile or something for my rulers then i i have no rights um
1: yeah it, and- it comes back to self-esteem and egoism too that like if you don't own that property, then what's the point of, of keeping it right you know, And if, if it's just given to you, then did you earn it? Are you worthy of things actually? Or, you know, like then it, this comes down, it starts. That's part of what I mean with like that your abstract ideas of like how government or ethno states and stuff should work. It crushes your mind because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I just want people to give me a house. Then you get a house or you just get the job and then you're like, well, did I get this job in this house because I'm awesome or because people think I suck? You know, and then like, right. if I suck, well, you know, should I even continue trying? Should I produce anything? Should I continue living? And like the same people, like the natives are having a problem with property rights and they're having a problem with suicide. Well, they, they have no self-esteem. You're just if You just give them things and then you can just equally just take them away. There's no reason to produce because there's no reason to live. And yeah, like, it crushes right down to the core.
0: Crushes the human spirit for sure. Okay, cool. Well, I, uh, you know what, I, I think maybe we'll call it there. I, I you know, I think we, uh, we mostly agree on things. I, I don't see necessarily uh, huge disagreements. I think you know we. Intellectual property, well, I like to call it uh, government-granted monopoly, is uh, is a uh, maybe something we could uh, talk about later because I think that's a big bigger subject. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, you, you've definitely caused me to think a little bit differently about objectivism. The, you know, the idea of um, of your mind being involved here, and and you know that that idea of crushing, you know, crushing your spirit and your mind um through violations that's a way I couldn't, hadn't really looked at it before um and also also this idea that you know and, and like th- this is something i realize where where i think libertarians have a bit of a shortcoming is that we have constantly preached for so long about negative rights about my rights my rights you know and coercion but we have failed to uh a, adequately address the other part of liberty which is kind of personal responsibility which you talk about here in terms of your ability to produce those positive things you do in the world that cause flourishing that give you more choice and more uh capability in the world that that is ultimately why we want to be free of violent coercion um but we we, we never talk about that and so a lot of times i think we get um we kind of get to, tagged with this libertine uh you know and i think it's a fair way to characterize us sometimes when all we ever talk about is we want to be free to do all the drugs we want and have no obligations at all well of course there there have to be obligations to yourself or or i guess that's maybe a wrong way to put it to you but but you 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 have to do positive things in the world you have to have responsibilities in the world to have freedom and so uh i think that's that's A great thing um that's a great part of objectivism and i think that libertarians could uh learn a little bit there and and do uh, quite a bit more to promote personal responsibility and and being a better version of yourself rather than just being a degenerate kind of drug snorting uh you know hedonist or something like that which is often how we're portrayed uh and you know and and in some cases fairly so because there are a lot of hedonists who glom onto the libertarian philosophy because it gives them all the latitude to give their hedonism but never addresses the uh, the thing that's missing for their from their life in that they're not acting in a rational manner that promotes happiness and meaning in their life so so i guess that's about that. So thanks for, uh, agreeing to do this. You know, quite often I get p- interlocutors on social media, on Twitter and different places that uh, criticize me. And then when I offer them a forum to correct me, they never take me up on it. So uh, huge respect to you for, uh, for being willing to actually have a conversation and not just be a troll, a random troll on the internet. Uh, nice <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that's huge props to you for that. So I appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks.